Hello, and welcome once again to another edition of TSC Music Radio's Music with a Mission, where we take an in-depth view of the artists chosen by God to use their gift to glorify Him, the stories behind their music, and of course, how the Lord has been with them in the process. Our guest is a guitarist who is not an artist in the traditional sense and doesn't like to boast of his musical gift, but nonetheless uses it in missions for the Lord. And his name is Lorenzo Fragala. your glory embrace by your mercy oh lord i live to worship you oh lord i live to worship you It's TSC Music Radio's Music with a Mission. I'm Derek Davis. Our guest this time around is a man of God who, as a guitarist, contributes significantly to the ministry of missions here at Times Square Church and abroad. And his name is Lorenzo Fragala. Lorenzo, great to have you on Music with a Mission. Oh, it's a privilege to be here. Thank you. You know, I listen to you play, and you play so beautifully. We've had a couple of guitarists on. We've heard strummers on, and we've had kind of like rock guitarists on, folk guitarists. The way you play, how do you describe that? Because it's beautiful. Wow, I uh, appreciate that. Thank you. Um, I don't know how I would describe it other than, uh, you know, I do a, a combination of finger-picking, strumming, and just... Okay, so uh, it's a finger-picking method. Yeah, I mean, um, I really never thought of it. You know, I just kind of play it. Okay, so, <laughs> okay. Um, I guess in the technical sense, uh, if you were training, you know, you learn how to... You know, you learn how to pick with a pick. Right, right. And you learn how to use your fingers uh, as well. So it's a combination of the two. But um, I, uh, I enjoy finger picking when I'm doing mostly um, uh, slower worship songs. Yeah. It just allows the freedom to, to do a little uh, bit of licks in between the chord sure. progressions. Sure. Although you're quite gifted on the guitar, which, of course, <clears throat> translates to ministry, which we're going to talk about, you're not exactly the cookie-cutter musician type. Uh, that is to say, you are another one who falls into the category of being self-taught. Uh, when I first started, when I was young, I picked up the How guitar young? at seven years old. Wow! Um, I was—I uh, always loved music. I think when I was a child, I was mm-hmm. uh, uh, seen it. I was around it a lot, and uh, I think I was one of those kids that you know you picked up a tennis racket and played. You know, you pretend that you were playing the guitar as you listened to songs. You I know? See. <laughs> so eventually, <laughs> to um, play a lot of air guitar is that it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So, uh, we invented air guitar yes, yeah. many years ago before they actually came up with it. But um, I believe that uh, around seven years old, I uh, was uh, saw some guitars laying around on a, on a cruise ship. Um, okay. I spent a lot of time cruising on uh, cruise ships um, abroad, and um, there was always bands that were on these cruise ships. So there was one particular uh, guitar player who used to leave his acoustic guitar player laying mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. So I began to just watch him. And then I would go and sneak up there when, you know, everything was closed and right. he'd leave his guitar right. up on there. And I would uh, sneak into that band lounge area and <laughs> grab his guitar and start figuring out that was, a, you know, what that chord was. And eventually I just started playing a few chords. 
that uh, my mother uh, realized I really wanted to play. Okay. So I was. Uh, they surprised me. So she was me. the one who recognized the gift in you, so to speak. Yeah, I don't know if she recognized much as a gift as much as that I kept bothering her. She's, okay. I, kept, I was getting in trouble for <laughs> right. getting on the guy's guitar on right, the band. Right, right. You know? <laughs> so they figured we better get him one before he gets us more in trouble. Was there ever any formal training? Well, yeah. When I uh, turned thirteen, uh, by then I was playing in some rock, you know, garage bands. We were playing rock and roll, and okay. I was learning things, uh, just you know, all those old tunes back then in the seventies. Uh, yeah. So uh, uh, from there, I was introduced to a gentleman named Vincent Breedice, who was a, a, a musical instructor and professor, should I say, for. Uh, Hartford College of Music. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah, okay. so um, I was quite young at the time, and he didn't usually like to take kids uh-huh. uh, because, you know. Why did he take you? Well, I was recommended by a dear friend of his, and okay. so he gave me the opportunity. Right. And, um, and uh, at first he was very doubtful, and I was very doubtful because yeah. I wasn't very uh, studious or you know, obedient as a child is okay. very okay. So, in that sense, were you a hard case? I was a hard case. Yes. Really? So, yeah. So, uh, but he was. Uh, I noticed that he was a great instructor. I could okay. tell as a young age, and yeah. it was a type of. Um, uh, he instructed not just on one on one. He had a group of guitar players that you'd have to that he would teach maybe five to six players at a time. Yeah. Um, and uh, the guys that were there were great. And I was listening. I said, "If these guys are this good, this this guy must know something." Right. So it was the first time they actually had somebody um, that I would listen to okay. that, that got my attention. Okay. And he was very strict, um, you know, with technique and learning. There's time he put a pencil in the back of my thumb so I wouldn't put my thumb over my neck and play like a rock and roller. Really? So, you know, <laughs> we learned all the hard ways. Yeah. But I, I studied with him for a few years. And, um, and it gave you some discipline, too, because you said you were uh, a Musically, case. it did. Musically. It okay. Did. And, oh, and I think right. it, as I grew uh, into my teens and, and I was 18, uh, again, my frustration with, um, with that uh, jazz arena, if you would, he was... A hardcore jazz classical musician. I loved it. I grew up. My actually, I have to say that my uncle uh, had a lot of influence in my life. He was a, a big jazz listener, R and B listener, yeah. and so I listened to a lot of that with him. And uh, of course, rock and roll because of my era of my age. Uh, but he, um, uh, Vincent, was diehard classical jazz, and I got to meet a lot of uh, you know, what they call cats at the time, and a lot of great musicians that are were world-renowned. Like who? Uh, because of uh, Iris Sullivan, Joe Pass, Joe DiOrio, wow. um, a lot of these guys, yeah. and, and he was friends with them. Um, Pat Metheny, Jaco uh, no Pastorius, all really? these guys. Yeah. So um, uh, was, well, I was hanging with these guys when I was young, mm-hmm. and I remember just going to different uh, different places where you know the jazz cafes out in Fort Lauderdale. This but you said you got Florida. frustrated with the well, jazz genre. Uh, it, it was because of the of um, I mean the, the music musically it was awesome. Okay, but where I saw their futures going was very frustrating. And you thought there was a, a better future in what? Well, you know, I didn't come from, uh, I came from a broken home. I didn't have much. So I, I had a, I think every man wants to have success. And so I began to see my life as a, I want success. I want to, I want to achieve financial freedom and et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Well, after, uh, after a scenario took place where I was in a vehicle with a couple of these um, well-known musicians, we broke down on the side of I-95 and they were doing certain things that were not really legitimate. And, and I was like, like 17. Uh, they were, you know, smoking dope and oh, doing these things. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. I, I All right. We cut that out. But anyways, they were, um, you know, and I was looking at them and I was saying to myself, 
wow, I was 17. I was going, and th these gentlemen are probably in their late 40s, early 50s at the time. Really? And I was saying, this, this, I can't be on I-95 when I'm 50 years old with a broken car. You know, there's so much great talent and, you know, just not focused. And, of course, they didn't have the Lord in their lives. These were mm -hmm. all just men following their own gifts. And, and you didn't geniuses. have the Lord in your life at that time? No, not either. at the time, no. Mm -hmm. They were geniuses, uh, you know, musically, but uh, I just uh, couldn't take it. And I was, you know, I wasn't uh, an expert. I wasn't a great jazz musician. I was learning. So, you know, I was doing mostly, uh, you know, bar mitzvahs and weddings and things like that. And mm -hmm. that, was, that was not exciting for me. So eventually, I, um, uh, a friend of mine uh, offered me a gig in a nightclub, yeah. you know, to, uh, to make some money. Yeah. So I started learning pop, and I went in that realm, and I got gigs, and I was making good money every week. But okay. then I entered into the club scene, and that became a whole different arena where... When you say the club scene, what, the disco era? Uh, you know, yeah, disco pop, you know. So. Okay. You were taught jazz, went to rock and roll, and then went to club. Yeah, yeah well, actually, I think it was more like rock and roll because I learned... And uh, and then we went to the, Pop to the jazz to make, area, oh, okay. and then I went to the uh, club scene to make money. And, I see, and very good. To, okay, and, and then of course it was more the uh, in the um, you know late seventies, early eighties. Actually, it was you know, gosh, it was all that. that Did you have any um, success in that arena at all? Oh uh, yeah, I, well I yeah yeah I. I did well. I don't know if you call it success, but we got a lot of gigs and really? we played in okay. clubs. And, okay. of course, that brought a lot of lifestyles that was not conducive to, to uh, you know, living a good life. And then I went down some hard roads from there. Yeah. And, um, and of course, um, you know, your, your training and your ears and your technique just get put to side because all that kind of stuff is just loud music and you're playing all night and it's simple stuff. And, yeah. you know, so you're no longer doing any training for your ears or technique and and then from there, I, uh, I, you know, just some friends that I knew, uh, they had a, a band that was uh, locally very uh, well-known. They had some hits out locally, and, and uh, he knew me from years. Uh, one, of the, one of the members of the band knew me yeah. for years, and they needed the guitar player. Okay. So he asked me to come audition for them. And, uh, what they was asked the band? Me to, uh, a group called Secret Society at the okay. time. Okay. And, uh, okay. and, yeah, they were a uh, band in the 80s that had several hits out. And, really? Uh, they got signed on Polygram, so I, I I toured for them for a short time. Okay, so you did have a secular career for a while. Uh, yeah, I don't really look at it as much as a career. <laughs> okay. I just played guitar you had, and did. You some, had a couple of hits. Yeah, right. we went into the studio and did some work. Okay, and, uh, you know, obviously it was there. Uh, I was just a guitar player for the band. When did the Lord guitar. grab you? Um, well, after that all ended, I actually in that time I because you I, said you went down some hard roads. I did uh, several, you know, but. Um, uh, after all that season ended, I uh, wanted to obviously uh, find a career and, and make a living, and I fell into the uh, uh, real estate industry, and um, I wasn't looking for that. But oh, uh, wait a minute! So you just chucked music aside for a while? Yeah, after everything ended with like, look, I need a real job here. Yeah, you know, it, it wasn't only that. I had I had met a, I had met a a, a girl who uh, captured my heart. That'll do it. Who's now my wife? Oh, nice. But um. Uh, she kind of was pushing me in the sense of this isn't really a lifestyle that I think I want to be involved in. For I long. see very good. So when okay. everything fell apart with the uh, the tour, uh, I just was so frustrated with the business. Um, I sold all my musical equipment uh, to get into that business, and I just left the music behind. Okay. And I went forward. And then several years later, um, uh, I found the Lord. I actually came here to Times Square Church, nice. and uh, I was recommended here. Out of a sequence of events. Uh, I, I came and uh, actually When you say a sequence of events, there's a sequence of events that led you... That led me here, yes. Would you just get tired? 
Well, this is a, a long story. However, my wife, um, she was actually came from a Christian home. Yeah. And unfortunately, her parents um, did divorce. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, that kind of put their family in a backslidden state. But they were, they were saved, uh, her parents were saved under the uh, Pastor Dave Wilkerson's ministry in, no in Panama City, Panama. Wow. Um, and so it was, uh, I guess I wouldn't say by chance, but by God's leading. Exactly. It's, that, it's, it's uh, never by chance. Yeah. Is it, no, no, it's it never wasn't. by chance. She used to share with me her faith a little bit, even though she was backslidden. I used yeah. to think she was completely crazy. Yeah. But... Um, uh, was she share her faith while she was backslidden? Yeah, she was share a little bit with me because she was always feeling convicted, sure. you know, and she was always feeling that she wanted to go back to the Lord as she was getting older. Uh-huh. And of course, I probably uh, derailed that for a while, but um, eventually she did. And there was a time where I had to make up my mind whether you know what I was going to do with her because she just wanted to follow the Lord. And in that process of a year. Um, the Lord delivered me from quite a few things, drugs and some other stuff. And, awesome. and, uh, and through two different people, individuals told me about a church with the pastor because I was actually uh, uh, doing some business with some people and they recommended Times Square Church. I know it's kind of vague what I'm sharing with you, but it's yeah. a long story. Mm-hmm. But, um, and that's how I ended up at Times Square Church. And I came, I walked in, and as soon as I, believe it or not, Pastor Carter was a visiting pastor at the time. No kidding. He, I didn't know that. He was here. Uh, so that must visiting. have been like, or what, early 90s? That was 94. Okay. Yeah, it was, um, It was, I believe, April of 94. Mm-hmm. And I came in and gave my heart to the Lord. And then things changed, began to change. Um, but it was a, it was a, um, it was a, a change for the good. But I had a lot to change. <laughs> so the Lord, uh, you know, uh, you know, there's a story they say, you know, the, you know, the footprints in the sand story. Yeah, and sure. He says, you know, sure. there's two footprints and then there's one. What is it, Lord? He says, I was carrying you. Yeah. Well, I have a, a version that the Lord has given me. He says, there was two footprints in the sand and then there was two that were, that was, you know, that were walking too, too long, um, too long. Uh, what's, what's the one thing what? Just dragged. Okay, like dragged. okay, right, right, so right. Said, what was that, Lord? And he said, that's when I'm always dragging you. <laughs> so, you know, it's been one of those things. It's, you know, uh, we have to learn the ways of God. We have to learn um, uh, the righteousness of Christ. It's, it's a process of sanctification that in the beginning I was um, not aware of because I didn't have that in my life or, or discipline or, or understand righteousness in my family. Um, and then about a year in the Lord, uh, uh, just barely here in the Lord. I was here in Times Square. I went back to Florida um, because my mother had taken ill mm-hmm. and, and my wife had become pregnant mm-hmm. and a few other things have happened. So we went back around family. And, um, and at that time, I, I, my mother passed away suddenly. Mm-hmm. She was very young, 59, mm-hmm. and we were not expecting it. And I had a group of individuals there that I believe they were more in the faith movement that she was going to be healed. So mm-hmm. we believed and we prayed. And it didn't happen. Mm. And so she died the same day my first son was born. Mm. So I was going between hospitals that day. But it shook my faith. It, it brought a lot of uh, doubt into me. And I yeah, I've heard stories about that. People who were involved in the faith movement and kind of put their faith in 
what they were doing in order to get God to do something, Correct. and it didn't happen. And it didn't happen. And, and, and it, it and had a devastating effect. No, It did. Well, I wasn't founded in the Word uh, either. I mean, I was a year in the Lord, and, yeah. and I, I knew that, you know, I understood the, the basic principles of, of the gospel, and I was learning about the Word, but I didn't have uh, the strength. Now, I'm 30 years old at this time. Okay. So, you know, I'm running a business, and you know, I'm waiting for my first child, and and uh, unfortunately, I remember just really just um, telling the Lord, Lord, my my mother's first grandson. Yeah. You know, you, you know, you people have prophesied. I've heard all these things, these scriptures about healing. And, yeah. And uh, so I'm expecting this. You know, let her let her at least see her grandson. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, it didn't happen. And I remember that this overwhelming feeling of 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 I was let down again. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and I guess maybe it's a principle that my father took off when he was when I was just four. Mm. So it was like, okay, my heavenly father, who's supposed to be my heavenly father, which I really don't understand what all right. that means. So at you're that thinking time. like, here we go, here, here we, we go, go again. again. Yeah. yeah. So that led me into a time of just really, you know, of doubt and mm. unbelief, and and I backslid for a while. Okay. And I, I really had a hard time with the Lord. Yeah. Uh, that that happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, how did you get back? Uh, I have a good wife. Okay. I have a really good wife. Okay. And for many many years, I went astray. And she prayed for me and continued to uh, uh, to trust God that he would touch me. And also, I have to say that um, we came back to New York. And even when I was backslidden, I knew that God had called us mm-hmm. to just be under the word here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have to add this in, that the consistency of, of the purity, the purity of the word of God, and the consistency of the love of God and grace in this house, um, I have... I have not seen in too many other places. Yeah, it's not the faith movement that you were talking about. I mean, it's no, very, very all. simple. No. It's the simplicity of the word that's here. No, no, it's simplicity. Actually, uh, there was about a year after my mother died and I was still just not well. Um, I had received a track um, in a box. I used to, the only person I really, I used to come into Times Square Church, sit in the back row, just hear the word and go. Uh-huh. And there was only one person, I don't know if anybody remembers Flossie. She used to run the tape ministry. Any member of Mother Flossie? Okay. She used to send me tapes and, and tracks and things down to Florida when I was down there. Really? And she sent me a box of tapes one time and, uh, and, and tracks. And one of the tracks said, The Ultimate Healing. It was by Pastor Dave. And I read it and it talked about the ultimate healing was to be in the presence of God. And that sometimes we don't understand you know, why death happens. So that helped and encouraged me. Yeah. But it was that foundation. It's that foundation here that, that continued you know, to strengthen me. And even now, um, after this past, I say past four years, that I've really uh, been walking with the Lord full, full-hearted, giving Him my life, um, you know, gone through. Uh, Pastor Neil became a very good friend of mine, let's put it that really? way. Really? And yeah, he was a great guy, and uh, I love him dearly. He really, um, you know, uh, put a lot of seeds in my heart for growth and just being under the Word. And in the past three years, the Lord began to... Uh, Open and allow me to play again. We glorify thy name. Glorify thy name. And glorify thy name in all the earth. And glorify thy 
de with a mission and the song actually a, a nice little medley there we glorify thy name and we exalt thee ministered by our guest lorenzo fragala lorenzo great testimony man it's like you've been on a journey ended up here at times square church where you're involved in some ministries too uh well, yes I tell am, me about uh, uh, some of the ministries you're involved in i know you're involved in raven ministry what's well, the raven I'm, ministry anyway for the benefit of our listeners who don't know Involved in Raven, um, I guess indirectly. My wife is actually uh, the Thursday night leader for oh, Raven you're both Ministry. Involved. Nice. Oh yeah, well, I, I can't say technically I ever signed up well, for it. Well, the, the, the two yeah. become one, so yeah, you're involved. Uh, okay. <laughs> amen. Amen to that. You know, the funny thing is, is that when I first got saved here in '94, yeah. uh, I used to see the Raven truck in the front, uh-huh. and and I tried to sign up and get on that, and I never heard from anybody. Okay. You know, and it's like okay. But I think God has his, God's sovereign. He knows exactly where he wants us and the time he wants us. Sure. So, um, and so I never heard anything. But uh, when we came, when we started coming back to Times Square Church, um, my wife, you know, our hearts have always been for the, the broken and the homeless. Really? Uh, you know, I guess uh, being, you know, uh, having your father take off and, you know, coming from broken homes and, and you see these, uh, these, these people who have nothing and, you know, your heart goes to them. Sure. My wife's heart is tremendous for that. She has a love and for the broken, the drug addicts, the prostitutes, and mm-hmm. she just mm-hmm. goes out for them. So she joined the Raven Ministry, and God has used her mightily there. And um, we've developed some great relationships with uh, brothers and sisters there. And uh, Max Hallwell, the leader, has just been a blessing to us. Nice. He's, a, he's a great man of God. So from her being a part of that, um, Max has asked me to come in and do worship at times. So we've had some Raven fellowships. So uh, the musical you know. door has just opened up again for you. Uh, yeah, and it was uh, it was unexpected, and of course, uh, you know, uh, I was very grateful and, and thankful. But it, it but, was but a hence music with a mission here. That's correct. Really? Yeah, so it's been it's been a blessing to be out in the and to to do worship for the broken. It's amazing, you know. We've been to the shelters and have done worship for the shelters, and you know, they may not be saved, but they they you know they're created to worship God. And then we come with a simple song, you know, something that's very simple that they can sing along with. It's nothing complex, yeah. um, no sweeter name, you know, something of that nature. And sure. they can sing that song because it's easy. They can pick it up. Mm-hmm. And you can see that they, they begin to just worship God. They're receiving. And there's a joy that comes into them, even mm-hmm. though they may resist the word. 
you know, because of the whole, you know, stigma of, of religion, you know. But when they see that you come with a sincere, a sincere and pure heart to just want to be a hand to them. But you know what it's like, Lorenzo? It's like you're, you're breaking up hard ground. That's the way I see it. It's like you may not see it as them receiving you or being resistant to the word, but it seems like you're going in and you're breaking up this hard ground. You know what I mean? And the next person that's going to come along is going to water it. And then the, then the seed and then the increase comes. Don't you agree with that? Oh, yes, I agree. Yeah. It's yeah, kind of so, a process. No? Sure. Yeah. And the yeah. increase is up to the Lord. So we yeah. just go do our thing. <laughs> exactly. You know, we, uh, we worship, we encourage them, we feed them. And uh, I've been, uh, it's been a privilege to be a part of that, and, and Max allowing me to, to be a, a partner with my wife in that. So it's been awesome. Sure. What other ministries are you involved in? Uh, we've been on missions trips. We've really? Been, uh, so Where to? In uh, Greece. No kidding. In Greece and uh, Zambia and, uh, and, and Colombia. Uh, uh, Greece is, is awesome. Greece is a, a great place. It's, uh, you uh, obviously think of Greece and you want to think of going on vacation, but... In exactly. Athens, uh, the deep, the depth of Athens in the city, there's a great heroin problem, and really? you have the uh, you have the Muslim countries that are flocking into Greece for opportunity. Okay. But unfortunately, it's not always the case, and there's a lot of heroin that's in, that comes into Greece. Wow. You know, so they begin to distribute, sell, and and then eventually use, and and there's a lot of prostitution, both male and female there. Wow. So there are hundreds, hundreds, thousands, literally, on the streets of Athens that uh, are uh, are hooked and broken and homeless and and uh, they're just open to the gospel more than any place I've ever seen I have no to say kidding. that yeah, especially the Muslims there uh, when you begin to speak to them about uh, a person who loves them and you're a friend to them all they want is a friend mm. and and um, and when you do that and then you begin to share that it's Christ in us that has given us this. And how is that received by them? They, well, they would say, who is this Christ? Yeah. You know, and that's a refreshing sound, you know, when, okay. you're, in the, when you're on the field and you're ministering the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the most part, many people have heard about the gospel. Yeah. But when you, when you hear somebody say, who is this Christ? It's, it's enlightening. They, they're just open, and, they, and, and the Holy Spirit touches them, and they receive the Lord, and just ministering to them, worshiping with them is, is a delight. I can and imagine. Uh, then when they're saved, we, they come into a shelter there that we work with. There's, when they're saved, they are tremendous for Christ. They love Christ with a passion. What about Zambia? How did that go? Zambia was awesome. It was, uh, it was a great experience as well. Yeah. Uh, just the children and what's taking place there in the orphanage. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's heartbreaking to be in the streets and see what's happening with the kids. And what what's is going happening on. with the kids? Uh, well, you have... Um, uh, I believe it's somewhere around the seven, eight hundred thousand mark where you have homeless children that are on the streets oh. because either uh, they're either uh, whole orphans or half orphans, but the uh, one parent cannot take care of them any longer, and they they go to the streets to look for food or to steal or what they mm-hmm. have, and they end up hooked on this uh, on a drug. It's a, a combination of glue and benzene that they sniff, Ouch. and this just eats away at their brains. Of course. Um, and Times Square Church has been there with the uh, partnering up with uh, Kakabalika House, which is an orphanage that brings these children in. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's amazing. Uh, if I could add this, when we went, we were supposed to end up in the streets and go see the you know minister on the streets yeah. and then go to the orphanage. But yeah. because of the way the time we came in on the weekend, we actually went to the orphanage first. Mm. So we got to see the children restored before we went to see the children wow. in the streets. So for when you see that for the first time, 
I think the Lord allowed that because there is an encouragement that took place to see them restored. Sure. Before you went to see them how they were before yeah, because exactly. it's disheartening. Yeah. So there was yeah. hope. So we went and we saw hope and said this can happen to them. It's almost and like the Lord gives you a lamp of hope before you go so you can see that correct. you're going in the right direction. That's correct. So it's awesome. And, uh, of course, we have dear brothers and sisters down there from here that are missionaries there that are good friends. And, and we're just uh, delighted to know what's going on there. Nice. Greece, Zambia, where else did you say? Colombia. Colombia. Colombia is almost parallel to what's happening in Greece, um, but a different drug. The same heroin? Culture. Oh, it's the it's cocaine It's cocaine, correct. Yeah. A different drug and a different culture, but almost parallel. They're in yeah. the streets. They're users. Yeah. And uh, uh, Douglas Calvano is doing a... Uh, the Lord has used that man mightily, Douglas. and others there mm-hmm. that are uh, that are raising up the uh, city of refuge there. Nice. So that's been an awesome time to be a part of that as well. It's, it must be awesome just to see God just move in such situations that seem so hopeless, and He uses you as a vessel in these situations. Yeah, how does well, that feel? Uh, it's awesome. Uh, you know, we 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 want to be used by the Lord. Yeah, but most most of the time when we're down there, we're being filled as well. Nice. You know, it's an exchange that God does. He definitely works in one party. He always fills us as well. Um, you know, it, uh, oh, I had something I really wanted to share about, uh, you know, the, being there in, in, in the field. When you're on the missions field, I mean, when we worship together it's corporately, it's awesome. You feel the presence of God. When right. I'm in my attic playing my guitar and nobody around and I can sing without worrying about anybody right, right. what I sound like, right, right. the presence of God is with me. You sure. know? But when you're on the field and you're worshiping and you're touching out to these there is something about the presence of God that comes that mm-hmm. is unlike any other place. What do you For mean? me, at least. It's just amazing, the, his presence. And, you know, he says that when you do unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. Mm-hmm. And he stands at the right hand of the poor. You know, so you feel that. He's at the right hand of the poor when you're out there. And you just know that he's a friend to them. And, and by the grace and the mercy and compassion that God has had in my life for doing the outrageous things that I've done, there's definitely grace and mercy for them you know and you just go with that and you let them know that and it's awesome it's an awesome place to be we're going to talk more about it where you've been where you're going we're going to get you to play that guitar too when we come back with lorenzo fragala on music with a mission god is incredible god is with you god is aware of your struggle god is ready to forgive god is powerful god is your friend god is a good listener god is for you. God is willing to God help. is and always will God be. God is able to protect. God is good. God is power to change. God is a provider. God is Jesus. God is here. God now. is the one who loves you. God is merciful. God is the husband to the widow. God is the one with your hands. God is there when no one else is. TSC Music Radio, where God is. This is Carter Conlon from Times Square Church. The Gospel of Luke chapter 2 speaks of a time when there was social upheaval, taxation, and great distress had come to the people. In the midst of it all, an angel appeared to some shepherds in a field, and he said these words to them, Fear not, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And then he instructed them to go to a place which was not in common view. People who are not seeking this child in this particular spot would not even have been aware that this baby was there. Now, you and I know today this child turned out to be the Son of God. And as much as people needed to seek him to find him, then you and I need to seek him to find him today. The Lord said through the prophet Jeremiah, You'll search for me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. It is time to pray. 
To find a prayer meeting in your area, visit nycprayer.org. singing that song with Greg here. <laughs> you know? You know, why uh, not? Because uh, it's, uh, it's a tough song to sing, I think. I think it was done beautifully. TSC <laughs> Music Radio's Music with a Mission. I'm Derek Davis. And the song Lift Him Up, done in the spirit, in spite of Greg Thomas being here, <laughs> by our guest, Lorenzo Fregala. Lorenzo, that's really great. Sounds a little funky, too. It's got a little funk element in there, too. Yeah, I guess maybe. A little, a little something? I, I've got a mixture of lights yeah, and music, little, so maybe it all, it's all kind, in of, you, right? all kind of flows in there, I guess. Yeah. We were talking earlier, uh, and understand that you are a friend of another friend, an artist of uh, TSC Music, Scott Zaccaroli. You guys are friends, huh? Yeah, he's a great brother. Great Love brother, great guitarist, great songwriter. Absolutely, yeah. You guys ever hang out? Yeah, we hang out quite a bit. Um, we uh, often get to his house. He has a little home church Bible study on Wednesday nights that we... Uh, get to as much as we can we really uh, enjoy the word there and the fellowship and you know i uh, he usually says don't come over without your guitar okay. so i kind of sit in the background <laughs> as he sings and he does his thing and i just kind of uh, enjoy just being there and and, the, and allowing him to let me play a little bit it's he's a great songwriter uh, yes, do you write songs as well you know um you know, years ago i did and and uh, i have to say that the times that i'm i'm worshiping god i think the spirit has given me some things um, okay. But usually uh, they're in times of just quiet times, I'm in devotion, and I failed to write them down. <laughs> but um, okay. and, then, and then when I try, uh, then I'm overcome with, uh, that's just not good enough for the Lord. You know? oh. So I <laughs> think I'm like, in the learning like, process the right Lord now. The Lord is awesome. Hmm, we, gotta, we need a better word than that, right? Yeah, is that what yeah, you're saying? So I, I guess maybe the Lord's still teaching me a lot. Okay, okay. Has the Lord called you to do a, a CD project of your own? 
Any inkling mm-hmm. or unction from the Holy Spirit to no, do that? You know, I, I have no agenda in my life right now. <laughs> See, that's so interesting to me because, you know, a lot of the guests that we had on the podcast, I mean, they've got CD projects out, they're huge producers and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, yeah. they've got, you know, they're great ministries. Yeah, awesome and stuff. you're kind of like ministering. It's music with a mission, but you're so under the radar and you're affecting and, and helping so many people in what you do. It's so different than what we've, what we're used to. I mean, does that make hmm. sense? Well, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess with what you're used to, I'm not really used to that. So, I, I, But uh, it doesn't matter. What you're doing is almost bigger because it's not seen. Hmm. I appreciate that. That's very kind of you. I don't yeah, feel bigger I mean, or sound. You, know, you don't have any CD projects out. You're not doing any huge ministry projects. I mean, you're with Raven and you do the Men's Fellowship. But you tell me about being in Greece. You tell me about being in Zambia. You tell me about being in Colombia, helping prostitutes, drug addicts on the street, people who are Muslims. I mean, the, uh, the whole other side of the spectrum. Right. And uh, who has heard of Lorenzo Fregala? Uh, Jesus, hopefully. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's, That's you know, my I, learned, boy. I have to say that I learned in the in all of my um, all of my uh, bad choices. You know, yeah. that God has been gracious, and He's really spoken to my heart. Yeah. And He said, uh, one time I was just worshiping in my attic in a very rough time in our lives, um, just thanking Him for His grace that He has uh, the cross and the blood of Christ is mm-hmm. sufficient for uh, for me. And uh, He basically spoke to me that if He never did anything for me again. Various things that I had before him on the table, mm-hmm. I was asking him for. And he said, even if I did none of these things for you, could you still love me and do what I ask you to do? And uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a tough question. Mm-hmm. Now, religiously, I wanted to say, amen, yes, God. But sure. uh, I knew he knew The whole Christianese would say that. Sure, right? but God knows our heart. You know, he mm-hmm. knows the depths or he knows places in the heart. I don't even know. <laughs> so I said, Lord, by your grace and strength, I can if you, you help me. Yeah. And uh, from that, you know, I've been able to, uh, to thank him that he is and the only person you need to worry about that thinks anything of you is me. Wow. So I go out and sing like a frog and, and I worship and I worry like about what God thinks about hey, let me. Let me tell you something. I sing like a frog. Yeah. You don't sing like a frog. Uh, you sound great. Uh, you sound great. And people receive you. And, and that's what counts, you know, yeah. in the end, if, if someone, if one person is blessed. Amen. If I could touch one person, if the Lord can minister to a person, then um, that's all worth it. You know, if I can uh, just touch one broken soul and let them know that there's hope and, and what the Lord can do for me, then, then that makes it all worth it, even what I went through. You know, I was thinking, too, you, you, you were talking about when you were in Greece, you were talking to, to the Muslim population, and, and they were asking you, who is this Christ? A lot of Muslims have a perception of who Christ already is. Mm-hmm. Have you ever run into that? They do, yes, and um, there are some that are, have been uh, obviously given the understanding who Christ is through Muslims that he's a, exactly. you know, a teacher, which isn't a exactly a favorable view. No, it's not. Um, but I don't. How do you deal with that? Well, you know, I'm not. Um, I can't say I'm well versed in apologetics. I would mm-hmm. actually, when I was in Greece, I ended up in in a uh, little sharing a ministry that shares. Uh, between Muslims and Christians, a friendly thing. They'll feed them, and they'll go back and explain why we believe that Christ is who he is, the Messiah, and mm-hmm. Son of God, and, and they'll say why. And when I was there that day, I just listened. I didn't speak, and I really thought Pastor Will should be here. It would have been great for him <laughs> right. to be here. Right. <laughs> um, so that, in that caliber, I, I wouldn't really uh, try to uh, debate with them. 
But I believe that the Spirit of God and the love of Christ overcomes all that. Uh, so when we're dealing with them, you know, I usually go out to worship God and let God do the rest. And the Spirit takes over that, that doubt and allows our conversation to be more um, on the compassion and love of Christ than it does a debate of who Christ is. Nice. And I think that bears witness. You know, he bears witness of himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, you are married. Yes, I am. How long have you been married? Oh, it'll be 17 years this year. Nice. Yeah. With children? Four, yes. Okay, okay. Are they musically inclined too? Actually, they're picking it up, yeah. No they're picking up. My two oldest ones are starting to move in that direction. My oldest is now playing guitar and drums. And, okay. And he's pretty good at it. So you, you, you're giving them the benefit of your wisdom there? I don't know about that. I just kind of leave the instruments hanging around, you know. We you just, are incredibly um, humble. You know. You are incredibly humble. And it doesn't come across as false humility to me. Where does that come from? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I, I don't really know what you're talking about. But you don't know I what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. You don't know what I'm talking no, about. No, I don't. You know, it's um, I, maybe it's been a lot of breaking that the Lord has done in my life. Okay. You know? Okay. You know, before I knew God, I was I was pretty rough around the edges, and even knowing Him, He's had rough to, around the edges. What with pride? Uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I would say I think we all have pride. Um, you know, I wouldn't say no. Of course. Yeah. Um, but I think it was more in the, uh, I think the misconception of pride is, and, and protection sometimes get, you know, confused. What do you mean? Um, well, you want to protect your yourself, you know, mm. from what people really think who you are or okay. what you are. Okay. So, you know, a protection wall goes up, you know, and so you, you demonstrate yourself one way or you, you project an image of what you want people yeah, to an see an image you or a life or people, you yeah. know, or your heart. Yeah. And so you, 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 you know, put up this, uh, Persona that, and you did that, uh, sure. I think, uh, sure. And so you're saying you're saying your humility now is a result of being broken. I would have to say that. Yeah, yes. yeah. I have to say the Lord trusting, uh, breaking me to trust in Him. At uh, as I said before, that He's the only one that I have to to uh, make sure I'm right with. And then when I'm right with God, I'm right with man. Oh, that is so true. That is so true. And there's there's much to be said about uh, the breaking of self reliance. I got, oh, yeah. I got stories to tell. <laughs> Amen to that. Amen. I think it's God's grace and his mercy to do that to us. Sure, yeah, It's sure. an eternal perspective that he does that for. It's not an earthly one, and that's that's really what's got me through it. Yeah. It's not what, not about the here and now. It's about where we're going. Where we're going. Sure, right. sure. And that's what the attack is about, ultimately. It's not, Amen. you know, the attack of the enemy is not, you know, from where what you're doing now or what you have done. It's where you're going. That's right. What Amen. God has planned for right. you. And if he can do anything while we're still here... Amen. Yeah. Let's hear another song. What do you say? Okay. <laughs> I mean, because you have this beautiful guitar sitting on your lap there. We got we to gotta put it to use. This is Music with a Mission. Your voice be heard and come and change our hearts 
as we stand on your word, Holy Spirit, rain down. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can know what God has in store. So open up heaven, open it wide. Over your church and over our lives, Holy Spirit, rain down. Sorry. <laughs> oh, Sorry that's about great. That's no, good. <laughs> That's good stuff. I don't practice very much. Oh, no, Sorry, we love, Greg. We love to put people on the spot. And, and you must have had an impact on me because I started singing with you. That's that's unheard of. There's a running joke around here that I just can't sing. And oh, it's like, so well, I guess, too, when you have another party, you can't sing. You, you know, we yeah, come together. Nah. See, that's what it is. I think that's the ultimate thing. It's, you, know, you just go out there and you know just do it. Sure. And I hope that it encourages those who that, uh, that don't think that they can worship. You know, I think worship was meant... And, uh, I, and I've heard it on the podcast, and I agree with it 100. percent You know, we were made to worship God. Yeah. You know, the fall of, uh, of Adam just uh, you know put a, a wall in between all that. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think the love of music that I was given as a child is uh, is the love that is given from God. Mm-hmm. And I think all music is that way. Unfortunately, uh, man has gone astray from God and uses it for their own glory. Yeah. Um, and uh, even the, some of the musicians that I've got to know. Uh, when I was young, I think of them often and, and hear them today on the radio. And they have been given such a gift from God, and they use it for the wrong purpose. Yeah. And I just want to encourage uh, those who love to worship God to uh, just worship Him. Sure. Worship Him in spirit and truth, and it doesn't matter what we sound like. It doesn't matter you know, <laughs> what people think. That's right. Because ultimately, uh, we would want to touch God's heart, yeah. and that's, that's where we get our strength. Lorenzo, it has been great talking with you. Great having you on Music with a Mission. All Thank you. Best, it's, a, uh, it's been a privilege and, and an honor to be a part of all the great artists that I've heard and know that are part of this. And I'm just I'm humbled today. Yeah, you're, humbled. You're, you're a great vessel for God. You, you've done so much for him and, um, and his children. And uh, I, I can't wait to see what God has planned for you in the future. Wow. Thank you. I appreciate it's exciting, it. It's exciting, isn't it? Oh, it's, you know, every day is exciting to know where the Lord's taken us. We, we just trust and every day is a new day. No longer look ahead. We just look at today and say, God, where are you going? We follow. Lorenzo Fregala, thanks again for being on Music with a Mission. Uh, thank you. Thank you all. Take joy, my king, in what you hear and let it be a sweet sound in your ear. We sincerely hope and pray that this podcast is a sweet sound in your ear. By the way, we do want to hear what you think about Music with a Mission. We want your tips, hints, questions, and suggestions. Email your comments to music at timesquarechurch.org or check out TSC Music on Facebook and Twitter. And, of course, visit the website, www.tscnyc.org slash music. Portions of music in this podcast provided by TSC Music, produced by the director of TSC Music, Greg Thomas, mixed and engineered by Harry Bond, and special administrative assistance from Jessica Carrasco. Remember, if ever we put the messenger before the message, we have failed to present an unblemished gospel. I'm Derek Davis. Join us next time on Music with a Mission.